listening to the Lounge J Radio Network. Paragon, Paragon. 7, Seven. Studios. Literally, we, li- we literally have a health cast series when I'm talking healthcare about mental health and how important mental health is. You would not, if you if you were to break your arm in an accident, you would go to a doctor, get your arm fixed. If you're a diabetic, you would go get insulin. If you have if you had ragweed allergies like I do, you would you would go to your local drugstore and get and get some type of medication. So you can control your ragweed. Ragweed, just for the record, I get absolutely crushed by by ragweed this time of year. From from mid September till about Halloween, my my life is is a constant flow of of post nasal drip, coughing, sneezing, itchy eyes, watery watery eyes, all of that stuff. So I look forward to to November when that stuff goes away. But back to mental health, mental health is, is so important, whether you're dealing with, with loss, whether you're dealing with trauma. So I, I, I wave the flag for mental health, but, but, I, but I also, putting on my, my sportscaster hat and taking off my healthcare hat, I reserve the right to call BS, and I'm calling BS on Ben Simmons. He's running a scam. It's a scam. I think to a lesser extent, and people will be angry at me, but I think that there are some there are some scam tendencies with Naomi Osaka, and there's some scam tendencies with Simone Biles. I've said that repeatedly. That's the hill that I'm willing to die on. So Ben Simmons now, if you if you haven't been following out, and I love Daryl Morey. I love how Daryl Morey last week came in and said, look. We want to trade Ben Simmons. We don't want him here. He doesn't want to be here. But my job is to position the Philadelphia 76ers to win an NBA title. Joel Embiid is in the prime of his career. And with the big men, Daryl Morey knows and Elton Brand knows, with the big men, that window is very thin. You've seen with Shaq. You've seen with Hakeem. Very few big men are like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And are still very effective at 38. These guys with their size. Have you ever have you ever seen Shaq's feet on TNT? How his toes are all mashed together. You can't weigh 350 pounds running up and down the court and be expected to for your body to remain intact. So Joel Embiid has probably a four-year window of greatness. And then he's gonna he's gonna experience decline. You can already look at you could people are already arguing. That Anthony Davis is one one injury away from decline. Because the seven foot guys just generally don't play as effective as long. So Daryl Murray said, we have to, we have to do everything that we can do to win a championship now. So we're not trading Ben Simmons unless it's for a quote difference maker. Which is very smart because obviously you can't tamper, so you can't say, hey, we'll trade Ben Simmons for logo Lillard. 
We'll trade Ben Simmons for Spider Mitchell. We'll trade Ben Simmons for Jamal Murray. You can't, you can't really say that, but you say a difference maker. So basically what Darryl Murray said, that we're not trading Ben Simmons for a bag of basketballs and three backups. He's an elite player. He's 6'11". He's one of the best defenders in the NBA. Yeah, he can't shoot worth a bleep. He has the yips. But we're only going to trade him if we get something good. And we have him under contract for four years. So if he doesn't like it, he said, buckle in. And I sent a message to Ben Simmons. He said, buckle in. Because you signed a deal. And we own your rights. So we'd rather just IR you than send you to a team for a bunch of garbage players. Because we're trying to win a championship. And I love that. I'm usually pro player, but I'm not pro Ben Simmons. So Ben Simmons is a head case. Ben Simmons, I wouldn't say he's lazy. I'm not going to say that any pro athlete's lazy. But he's, not, he's never worked on, on his deficiencies. He's still a great defender. He could dunk on people. He's a fantastic ball handler for someone who's 6'10", 6'11", but he's never worked on his jump shot. His J is worse than mine. How can you be in the NBA and you're a 30% free throw shooter in the playoffs? How can you be in the NBA, be a point guard, and not be able to shoot beyond 10, 11 feet? I'm not even talking about threes. I'm saying, can you shoot a 12-footer? And then he has this, this mental element where he's just not willing to, to step out of a, a, an uncomfortable space. And he's unprofessional. There's a difference between in between the lines. I've ripped Naomi Osaka. I've ripped Simone Biles. I don't think that they're unprofessional. A, because they play in solo sports, so they can do whatever bleep they want whenever the bleep they want to do it. They don't owe me or you an explanation if they choose not to perform because for the most part, it's individual, especially Naomi Osaka. But being a cancer in the locker room, not participating in practice, upstaging the coach, Doc Rivers, that's unprofessional, and it's stupid. Ben Simmons is stupid. Because if I wanted to get traded from a place that I didn't want to be, I would show up and I would ball my darndest. I'd be out there putting up 30, 10, and 7 so I could get the hell up out of Philly and, and hopefully not get sent to Siberia somewhere like Minnesota or Portland or some outpost where, or, or the Sacramento Kings or some outpost where nobody wants to be. But Ben Simmons did what you see these athletes do. When they're backed into a corner. So now, last week, he, he sat down with the team and said that he was experiencing some mental health issues and unable to perform right now. He's not able to play right now because he has mental health issues. And I'm saying that when he says that, I believe it's a lie. I believe when Kyrie said it, it's a lie. I believe a lot of people are using this as a scam. Now, I'm a mental health advocate. And I'm not saying that they don't have any mental health things going on. But the difference is with these athletes, and this is a short segment, because I got Isaac Palmer coming in. The difference with these athletes, none of them have mental health issues when they're signing a $200 million deal. I didn't see Simone Biles with mental health issues when she came back to America and they threw a parade for her in her city and she was standing with a drop-top Range Rover, which I'd never seen before. I thought it was very beautiful. She was standing with her gold medals, drop-top Range Rover, waving to everyone. When Naomi Osaka signed her deals... And I pointed out in the show, all, all of the, she has a deal with Japan Airlines. She has a deal with like Rolex. 
all these huge companies she has deals with. She wasn't complaining about her mental health then. I'm not saying mental health doesn't exist. I'm not even saying that athletes shouldn't have time to take mental health time. I, I think in collective bargaining, they should, they should say that, hey, athletes, you have five mental health days, three mental health days where you get to miss a game, you get to go away from the team, you're dealing with your family. I think that's a great idea. But these people that back themselves into a corner because of whatever's going on with them, their lack of performance, people ripping them about their lack of performance when you're making millions and millions and tens and hundreds of millions of dollars, and then they pull that mental health card, I'm saying that it's a scam, and I'm calling it out. It's not like you who drives and sits in an hour in traffic going to work and works 60 hours a week just to barely survive. These are people, Shakari Richardson too, these are people that did not perform as well as they expected themselves to perform and as other people expected them to perform. And there's a difference between having a mental health problem, which these people may, and actually be an accountability for your failures between the lines, that's the harsh reality, but you're making hundreds of millions of dollars. Lance J isn't. Paragon 7 Studios. You are done. Fired. Do not show your face at the laundry again. Stay away from Pinkman. Do not go near him. Ever. Are you listening to me? Or else you'll do what? What did you say? Stay away from Pinkman. Or else you'll do what? You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. It's time to switch to T-Mobile. Right now, pay zero cost when you do. Keep your number and keep your phone. We'll even pay it off. Only at T-Mobile, the leader in 5G. Black women are fierce, brilliant, courageous, dope. Black women are making a difference, making history, and changing the world. I think about all of the black women who have showed up to fight for justice. We are starting to finally accept all the skills and talents a woman can bring to the table. Urban One, thank you. This one is so special. This is your boy Rampage, first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. Learn more about group insurance benefits with Engagement Health. Call to speak to an advisor today at 832-219-5829. Tell them that the Flatbush King sent you. He's the paragon of sports talk excellence, the Heisenberg of broadcast radio, the Wolf of Wall Street. You are listening to James Lewis III, host of the Lance J Radio Network.
Isaac Palmer with me today on the Lance Day Show. Playing a little bit of public enemy by the time I get to Arizona. Now, nice. because because Isaac is, is such a is such a great music connoisseur and it's actually earned my respect as a, as a hip hop aficionado. And I, and I know I know that having my respect helps Isaac to sleep at night. And I know that that's one of his top priorities when he wakes up in the morning is is earn Lance J's respect. But whenever he comes in to town, I always got to get him to talk about music. So I'm a huge Public Enemy fan. I mean, when Flav, one of the best interviews that I've ever had on this show, and actually the most downloaded podcast that I had was when Flavor Flav came on the show. Um, He came on the show right the week after George Floyd was killed. Hmm. And um, it was very charged. It was uh, uncensored. You you cannot have Flavor Flav on your show if you're on terrestrial radio because he uses the F word in 15 minutes at least 136 times. Um, but he he gave a great interview. And, you know, I talked about public enemy and what public enemy meant to me watching Fight the Power as a teenager. And to see militant black men, the S1Ws, to see Chuck D, who wasn't who wasn't trapping, you know, during that era, Isaac, we were getting into more of the NWA, Dr. Dre, Too Short, trap era, and and the trap music really came from the West Coast. You know, East Coast stuff was mostly positive. You know, you had the De La Souls, you had the Tribe Called Quest. They didn't curse a lot. You had the leaders of the New School. They were mostly clean. You know, a lot of it was the upliftment of black, and and yeah. a lot of these people were influenced by Chuck Conscious. D. So Chuck D. Found leaders in the new school and, and mentored Buster and mentored Postanus okay. all right. and mentored all of these people. So the the movement came from a place of militant black men, the native tongues, where native to- native tongues. Ooh. That it came from a place the of, of, of of just talented people of of militant, and we're 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 almost like Malcolm X when. Um, when he marched to the prison to get, to get the people out of jail. Like it comes from, it comes from that. That's where East coast hip hop comes from. West coast hip hop comes more from Dolomite and pimping hmm. and they emulate hmm. Dolomite and the Mac hmm. and Superfly, all of that stuff in Oakland. And it's that pimp trap life. Yeah. So if you put a seven year old in front of Dolomite, he's going to grow up to be a 20 year old that thinks you know, that calls women bees and hoes and stuff like that. And that's how he approaches it. If you put them in front of Chuck D, then they're going to grow up to be more of a militant, more of a conscious um, individual. But the reason that I played that music, I know that you have an affinity for production. And I wanted to talk about producers. You already talked about Jay Dillon and some of the interviews, uh, some of the music that I lead in with. And I think the Terminator X from Public Enemy is an extremely underrated producer. If you if you listen to, there are two producers who I think are really underrated from our era, and I want to give them their flowers. Um, Terminator X being one of them. It's a fantastic producer. You go back and you listen to Fear of a Black Planet and some of the beats on there. This is 1991. This is a long time ago. And some of the sampling and some of the cutting, he was phenomenal. The other person who I think is really, we've kind of forgotten about this individual because they haven't, you know, been out of the game for a long time. But Eric B., if you listen to Follow the Leader and Let the Rhythm Hit Him, this is 1987. 
what he was able to do with those beats in the late 80s. What's the song of that album where he let it go for like six, seven, eight minutes? Uh, you're talking about thinking of a master plan and money inside my and hand. The beat yeah, changes. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, it's just a lot of a lot of talent. So yeah. I wanted to talk to you. We always talk about hip hop artists, and you know, it's like, hey Isaac, what are you bumping around when you're driving around Chicago, you know, Hyde Park? Going to Bears games, watching Justin Fields <laughs> kind of stink it up, watching Coach Nagy uh, coach even worse than Justin Fields playing. What are you driving around? But what are what are some of the producers that have really influenced your life, and not just the bars? Because we know a lot of MCs yeah, 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 got yeah. bars, but the producers. Who are some of the producers that really influenced you? Well, first of all, to to understand who the producers are, you really have to go deep. It's hard to understand. Who's producing this music? That's good I mean, yeah, everybody knows Dr. J did a lot right. of producing, right. um, but it took me a very long time to realize Q-Tip. Q-Tip, I see that's me. And you Q-tips were thinking the same. Q-Tip involved is way, in way up there. He's way up there. He produced a lot of that stuff. But let me he first talk about West Coast. Stuff. I am an East Coast hip hop guy. But right. West Coast. My favorite artists were um, uh, definitely uh, um, Digital Underground. All right, rest in peace. Something love up. Digital Underground. Shock Warren G. All right. And then I'm going to go new school, Anderson Pack. Oh, you like Anderson Pack? Okay. Anderson Pack. I'm a big pa- fan of, of, of his. Amazing of his producing. Yeah. I love what he's doing. I love his voice, too. He's very yeah, distinct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, know yeah. it's him. Yeah. He don't sound like nobody else. Yes. You can't, yes. You can't say that he copies somebody's style. Yes. That, um, and, and he does. So he has the group No Worries with Knowledge, who's yes. a fantastic producer. Right. And I play a lot of instrumentals from Knowledge leading into the breaks. As well, I just I actually discovered knowledge through Anderson Pac, mm. through his music. I was like, who who produced yeah, yeah, this? Yeah. And you know, I look it up, and it's like this guy named Knowledge. So you know, you go to you go to iTunes and you go through the catalog. Next thing you know, you're downloading forty songs because it's just it's just it's just fantastic music. And um, but going back to East Coast, what what Wu Tang did uh, with that their their initial album, uh, RZA Jizza. Brilliant. Uh, mixing soul. Right. I mean, those soul beats. Right. Um, not a lot of sampling. If you if you really go deep on Wu-Tang, it's not a lot of sampling. It's all original stuff, which is amazing. It is amazing. But my um, favorite producer is Q-Tip from that era. Really? That era and that, and that coast. Now, you know, Q-Tip did a lot of production for Mob Deep, too. So he's and produced a that. lot of stuff that okay. not just tried, but I think... I think me and you are trying to go to the same place. And, uh, you know, in my wall of fame, Low in Theory is is one of the albums in my wall of fame. And a lot of people don't realize that Q-Tip produced Midnight Marauders and Low in Theory. Almost 100% of the tracks on both of those albums that that Q-Tip was the one that curated. Um, So Q-Tip is a fantastic MC but a fantastic producer as well. And I don't, I don't think people mention him in that Mount Rushmore producers, mm. not because they're trying to diss him. They just don't know that he's a producer. They think of him as, yeah, a, yeah. as an MC, as, a, as an artist. But Q-Tip's but ear for music is, is fantastic. There's something to be said about what Q-Tip did with his samples. Mm-hmm. That he didn't take whole, I, I don't right. disparage you know, the, the sampling from the ni- late 90s, but they were taking whole songs. Like You could recognize, well, that's Parliament. Right. But Q-Tip was taking obscure, obscure. samples, looping them. Right. On Lyrics to Go, he has a sample of Mimi Ripperton where she's hitting the high note on mm-hmm. the song. It's that high-pitched note right. on Lyrics to Go that he loops the entire song, and he slowed it down a little bit and just loops it for the entire three minutes. That's brilliant. It's just brilliant. It's, it's the ability brilliant. to be a crate digger 
and yeah, find yeah. and find that one interlude. Now a lot of people give me credit on my show with some of the samples that I play uh-huh. into the breaks because you find one little interlude. It's like a twenty second thing of a uh-huh. song, and it sounds a little bit special. And you take that and you turn it into um, you know an entire an entire different track. Now, what do you think about? So my 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 favorite guys, you know, on, on my Mount Rushmore. I would say that I love DJ Premier. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ Premier, like Anderson, Pac, you know a DJ Premier beat when you hear it. I like, don't. There's nothing else that I got to get you on. I got to get you on the Gangsta, Gangsta Foundation. All right. It's that gritty New York. It just, you know that it's New York City when you hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I love Pete Rock. Um, mm-hmm. I still think Mech and the Soul Brothers, one of my favorite albums, the samples that he uses in there are, are fantastic. I love um I love Jay Dilla. Yeah, I knew Jay, Dilla Jay Dilla is Detroit. um his his techniques were so different because he has a lot of sampling, but also he was a real musician that mm-hmm. actually played music and played the drums and played the guitar and and played different instruments. So his music's kind of an eclectic mix of all of those things. And then I would say, you know, my fourth is probably Madlib. I really love Madlib. He's not mainstream, but mm-hmm. you know he he produced um, Mad Villainy, man. It's just if you produce <laughs> MF Doom, right. then 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 I'm gonna mess with you. I also I really love Havoc from from Mob Deep. A big fan of, okay. of Havoc. Right. Um, Havoc did a real good job of of painting the scene of New York urban blight. Like you listen to his beats, they're almost depressing. They they sound. Like it is in Queensbridge and you're in the projects and people are urinating in the elevator. That's what that's his his beats take you there. Now you being a Chicagoan, what are you are you a are you a current Kanye guy? Are you a older Kanye guy when he was ri- walking around on the when he was on the bus with the backpack? I'm old or are you a Yeezus? I'm old <laughs> the school. Multi billionaire where he has know what, you know, know angels dancing in the background guy. I don't know what he's doing right now. His his, I mean, his content it's not my thing doesn't relate to me. It, College dropout. Oh man, that was the, fantastic. the original stuff through the wire. Right. That I, I can relate to that. Right. But I, but uh, what's the name of the last album? Uh, Donda. 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 Yeah. Great musically. Oh yeah. A little, little long, but great I mean, musically. But long. content. I I don't know what we're talking about, man. Yeah, I think he's jumped a shark in in that. You know, people become caricatures of themselves. And you know, and, Michael and Jackson no, was and like no that. offense yeah. to the God message. I mean, we need more God in our lives, right. but I just don't know what He wants from us. Right. Well, figure it out. In the words, in the words of my father, in the lustrous words of my father, his his thoughts. He said, "You're not making hip hop music. Uh, you're not making gospel music better. You're making hip hop music worse <laughs> by 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 doing that." But but yeah, I mean, I think production is is so important. Even if you're going back to the the Marley Marl days. In, in in Queensbridge, you know, production. Bismarck he passed away recently. He was a fantastic producer. He produced a lot I of didn't know great that. albums of the late eighties, oh. and um, you know, as a DJ and a producer. You know, I love I love Swiss Beats. What what he yep. brought to the table. Yep. Swiss Beats does some great stuff. Just Blaze has done some some great music as well. And one of the uh, one of the elements about hip hop that I love, and I really just love, I love our people. For that, so if you're listening out on WOL, WVOL, any of our affiliates, I love our people because nobody taught. There was no place to go. You know, my grandmother plays the piano and the organ, and she talks about during during the Great Depression, 
uh, basically the Tennessee Valley Authority mm-hmm. post Great Depression um, in the in the FDR days that there were federal programs where her you know, middle class African-American woman from Jacksonville, Florida could go take piano lessons. And she took advantage of that. So at 12, 13, 14, she was taking piano lessons. At 94, she's still playing the piano every single day. She still has a piano. She plays at least 45 minutes in the morning and at least 45 minutes in the evening before going to bed. She had a chance to learn that. But people in the, in the ghettos, Compton, Gary, Indiana, South Bronx, Bed-Stuy, they didn't, they didn't have anyone giving a piano lesson. They don't know how to read music. They're literally taking tapes and pausing them and looping them with just the boom box and ingenuity. And then you find someone to have some turntables and you got turntables and you yeah. and someone and someone has a mixer and you're able to connect those. And I find that that's, to be fascinating that's no because different you're not than, taught to do that. But it's no different than tinkering around with a trombone right. in your in, right. in your bedroom. Right. You, you, um, it's an instrument. But you have to have an old a, record is an instrument. You got to have a melody in your head to understand that. And then to be able to pick out an obscure reference from, you know, Ohio players or Funkadelic or Parliament or something like that, or even back, um, you know, Louis Armstrong mm-hmm. and just say that, hey, that sounds pretty good. What if I loop that and slowed it down? Man, that's brilliant. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about high IQ. You, you and I always talk about just the concept of being black in America and how you have to do a lot with a little. I think that hip hop is the epitome yeah, yeah, of okay. doing a lot. I like it. I like it. With 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 a little. So I wanted wanted to to, I, to chat with you about that. Yeah. But I the, the artists I most respect are yeah, do a lot with a little, make melodies, make make music, but also make statements. Mm. And that's what I I respect so much about Kendrick mm. Lamar. Uh, There's a rumor uh, that he has an album coming out. J Cole, yeah, rumor. Right. We're ready. Well, he had K- to get in the K-Dot, game, man. We're he, ready. Had to, he had to get in the game with Drake. <laughs> Doing his thing and, and Kanye doing his thing. Uh, he had to get in the game, man. He has to has to get but, out there. But still on that point, Tribe. Tribe, all, Tribe was always making oh, a statement. Fantastic, they man. always had content Everything and music mixed in together. And, and they all they are often complimenting each other. Right. And that's what I see Kendrick doing as well is yeah. music. He's making, he's bringing live musicians into the studio. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and he's got a message. Yeah. No, and, that's, and that's what that's I point. don't, that's what I don't. Don't feel in the Kanye new stuff. Right. Um, no, I, I, I agree. I love, push, push I love the, the live musicians. Push the people. Uh, push us forward. You know, it kind of reminds me of what the Roots did. Yeah, uh, it's just yeah, something yeah. about Roots, Philly. It's something about an artist that's rapping that's really in his or her zone with what they do, and then they're accompanied by a band or a group that's also in, in, in their zone. And you know, I've had a chance to see the Roots perform live. Uh, it's just an amazing experience. And, you know, I hope uh, that we get – I'm not ready to go out <laughs> with some of this COVID stuff. I'm not going to count no concerts, but I'm hoping by the spring, man, get back to concerts. They have some great concerts here in, in Nashville. But, uh, but yeah, I want to have Isaac in to chop it up about that. We're going to cut to a break, and then we're going to come back with some of the great interviews that, that Isaac has procured for, for us about black men's health. Uh, thank you very much for listening, Paragon 7 Studios. You are listening to the Lunch J Radio Network. Ball. 
As a former quality executive who has literally retrieved and coded millions of charts, I've worked with our new partners over at Episource for many years and am proud to now serve as a brand ambassador and part of their product development team. Episource is a global industry leader in chart retrieval, coding, quality analytics, and in-home assessments. For information on Episource, go to www.episource.com and fill out one of their contact forms to request a demonstration.